I think a lot of mothers actually might do this already for their kids, like to be an advocate for their children. And I do that for my children, but not enough mothers kind of take care of themselves in that way too. So I think it's important just like have an iPhone, Apple note, like doctor questions, and then just keep going. Hey guys, welcome to the All Too Well podcast. I'm your host and wellness whisperer, Erica Huss. Thanks for tuning in. I'm doing something a little different today. I am trying out a new type of segment. I'd love to hear what you think. But um, from time to time, I'm going to sit down with a friend, a peer, a colleague, not somebody who's necessarily an authority on the topic or who's written a book or who has a medical practice, but more somebody who can kind of weigh in and just have a chat about, you know, the articles that we're talking about here, the topics that we're diving into, just to sort of bring it to more of a conversation, something that feels a little bit more approachable for you to get your arms around. So today I am talking with my friend, Nicole Fisella, who is actually a warrior, wellness warrior in her own right. Uh, She and I have known each other for, I don't know, 10, 12 years at this point. She was a nutritionist. She's done all sorts of really interesting, fun things. We talk a little bit about it when we chatted. And she and I kind of just did a little bit of a, you know, dig into some of the topics I've discussed in previous episodes. And it was just interesting to get her take and we just sort of, you know, talked a little shop, a little bit of girl talk, all that kind of thing. So that's really what this is going to be, kind of quick and digestible. I'm curious to hear what you think, if you like how this format is working, and hopefully there's a meaningful takeaway. I would love to hear it. You can definitely share some feedback with me via sending a DM or an email, or even better, if you want to just go out there and post a review. Maybe give me five stars if you think I'm worth five stars, which, you know, I think I'm worth five stars, but that is your call. Anyway, uh, here is my chat, little mini-sode with Nicole Fisella, and thanks again for listening. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Erica. What's up, girl? (laughs) It only took us, I don't know, eight weeks more to put this whole thing together. So, and and it almost didn't happen today. I know. That's thanks to Mercury and Retrograde. I swear this Mercury and Retrograde thing, like, I was doing so well. And then all of a sudden, just like tanked, like the last week. Me too. Me too. I've had totally the same thing. Like, I knew it was coming. So, I really tried to kind of be a little bit extra on alert and, you know, not getting hung up on technical glitches and stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear about your morning today. Here's a fun thing that happened. I wish I could blame Mercury, but I feel like it's not even a Mercury thing because Mercury is mostly about like technology and communication. But today I went to a bar class this morning, like I normally do wearing the Mm -hmm. gear that I normally wear. And I went to a bar class. There were like 20 people in it. I went grocery shopping. I walked home all to discover that my workout top was on inside out and it's the kind that has a built-in bra. Oh no, stop. You didn't. (laughs) I was wearing my built-in bra on the outside for over two hours in public and I had no idea. (laughs) I was like, is that actually even possible? And it is. Like I said, I wish I could blame Mercury. I don't even think that that's what it was, but I would like to believe. Um, that I love that. That's actually making my day right now. I'm sorry. Okay, but good. Like just, just laughing at you about that or with you exactly about that. <laughs> that is everything right now. 
Okay. I love that. <laughs> well, I hope that your morning was slightly less uh, humiliating. And um... my morning wasn't humiliating. It was just hectic. It's just been really hectic. I feel like it's just been a very, very busy life lately. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like Mercury was like kind of like chill with me. And I, I had a lot of energy and I was feeling really good and all that. And then my birthday was last week. And like since that day, it's been like, <laughs> oh, my God, I missed your birthday. How did I even do that? It's fine. Whatever. I feel like once you get past 40, it's like, who cares? I care. I'm until a big 50. Birthday until 50. Until 50. All right. Well, you've got some time. You know, happy birthday. You've got some time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, it was like everything was great until that actual day. And then on that day, I like went for a hike. I freaking fell. And like, and like, I never fall. I hike all the time. I never fall. I like fell, cut myself up, couldn't oh, figure no. out parking. Like there was just like all these crazy things going on that day. And I was like, well, the universe is giving me a little bit of smackdown on my birthday. <laughs> Um, well, okay. So here we are. And you know, I've been wanting to like chat with you for a little while to give people a little bit of context. Nicole and I have known each other for, I don't know, like 12 years at this point. I met you through my husband, Brian, when we were still dating and you and I, I think kind of like gravitated towards each other. This is when you were living Mm -hmm. in New York and before you left to travel around the world and live in 20 places, all of which I would like to experience. And now you're in Colorado, (laughs) but um, I feel like you and I gravitated towards each other early because it was like, oh, you're like wellness girl person, right? So am I kind of thing. Yeah. And we sort of like found each other that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we've just sort of stayed in touch over the years on all the things that we've been doing in our respective fields. I mean, can you talk a little bit about what you've been up to and how you kind of got into all this just to give a little bit of context? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, you know, went to school. Um, and decided that I wanted to get my master's in nutrition, uh, like after college, well, well after college, I just had done modeling and acting and all that stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I also need to like figure out what my master's is going to be in. I was very focused on health, wellness, nutrition, and decided that that was sort of the direction for me. And that was the way to go. And when we were, when we met in New York, I think I was working with a company called clean plates where Mm -hmm. I was helping, um, you know, kind of decipher menus in New York City and to figure out which restaurants are the most healthy and which are kind of the least healthy in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I helped put that book together with, you know, reviewing different restaurants. Um, And that was really fun. Uh, And I, you know, I saw some private clients and I just, I I loved, I've always been in wellness. My, My parents are both physicians. Like I grew up knowing, like when I was 10 years old, I'd go to the grocery store with my dad and he'd be like, you can't buy any cereal now it's like you can't buy any cereal at all. But before it was like you can't buy any you can't buy any cereal worth where sugar is above the third ingredient. So it had to be like something, 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 and then sugar. So I'd have to like read labels all the time, you know. And I just got very focused on it and very focused on health. Um, so that's really where my my background is. And I, I just I've always pulled to you for the uh, the the blueprint because we talked a lot about uh, juice cleansing, and so that was something that I was like, oh look at this boss out there doing it. <laughs> do you now make your kids read the labels in the supermarket or how does it work have you passed it down because my I had the very same experience going to like what they used to call the health food store which I love (laughs) we still call it that but like it's a natural foods market we we call it the health food store same thing my dad would spend hours and hours and hours in there like to the point that my eyeballs would bleed because I'm just like what how are we still here in this boring store that smells like weird musty stuff but it definitely triggered something in me that now I do read labels fastidiously. What did, are your kids like? What do they do? 
Oh yeah. Same thing. It's so funny actually. Like, and my kids are 10, eight and six. So they're like really in that stage where, you know, their friends are kind of eating everything. You know what I mean? They kind of like, they're not, they're not so focused on like the health part yet, but it's so funny. Like my son will be like, mom, this says it only has like two or three grams of sugar. And I'm just like, that that's great. But like, let's look and see, like, let's go deeper. Like what kind of sugar is that? Is it? That sounds like the beginning of a negotiation strategy to me. Oh yeah, no, for sure. He goes in, (laughs) my son goes into the doctor. He had a doctor's appointment last week and he goes into the doctor and he's just like, I think that my problem is that I'm, I don't, I have a um, low blood sugar. He's eight. Okay. (laughs) And I was just like, and, and, and the doctor was just like, uh, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, my mom doesn't allow me to have sugar. So I feel like I don't have enough. And I'm mm. like, oh, okay. Got it. So he's like trying to angle to get like more sugar into right. his body. That sounds like and low body sugar up. to me. That's low body <laughs> sugar. <laughs> totally. totally. And I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm talking to my kids about, about eating healthy all the time. I'm just like, you want to make healthy choices now because it's just going to get harder later. You know, yeah. like it's just tougher. Well, and I feel like you do a lot of that stuff like on social media, you've been doing, you've done some tutorials and you've got like this great following, which we do or don't have to talk about. That's up to you. We can take this part out if that's not something yeah, that no, want to sure. get into. But yeah. I feel like you've done amazing stuff with some of the content. I feel like you do a lot of focus on reaching moms and giving them suggestions on how to like pack lunches that are more kind of nutrient dense, but still fun and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do that. And I feel like, you know, I think that the big thing for moms right now is like figuring out this whole like snack. It's like a snack revolution now. It makes me insane. And I feel like that's like kind of what my next thing is going to be about. It's like sort of what are actually really healthy snacks? Because people are like, oh, like the the label says like it's healthy and no added sugar and this. And then you like turn it over and you read those ingredients and you're Mm -hmm. just like, what is all this garbage that I can't even pronounce? I have no idea. Right. Mm -hmm. So now in our house, actually, we're into this. I'm into like they only get packaged snacks when we're like out. So it's like we have a soccer game or you're like at school or whatever. That's the only time they're like ripping open a package. And that's only like dried fruit. So like dried strawberries or seaweed or, you know, moon cheese, something like that. Like it's like literally one ingredient things because I, it's just because otherwise you can't tell. And I feel like to your point, I think a lot of the sneaky stuff that's happening now in CPG and that world of packaged foods is that because they have these buzzwords, like even like the ones that your kids are picking up on, you know, low sugar or no added sugar, sugar, whatever, you can lead with that. And that's great. But then to your point, you turn it over and it's like, okay, well you have low sugar, but you also have hydrogenated seed oils and things that we haven't talked about because you didn't have to mention those on the front. So it does feel like a little bit of trickery and, yeah, I think learning how to actually look at those labels with a slightly more discerning eye because, I mean, I think a lot of people still don't really know about oils and how completely terrible for you and potentially carcinogenic a certain category of oils can be compared to things that are like avocado oil and walnut oil and things like that. But again, mm-hmm. it's it, they, they're just sneaking into these like snack foods. So I think yeah. you're smart to focus on this like one ingredient thing. Yeah, for sure. And that's, so that is what I try to do on my Instagram. And I work with um, other companies, you know, like uh, food companies that I, you know, I've, I've gone through all their ingredients and kind of figured out what, what really works. And um, I've been able to really kind of hone my little space, reaching the moms. <laughs> are you, or do you find that you're like changing your own practices and sort of paying attention to things differently? Like you're, you're consuming differently than you were and you you're doing things now that you weren't doing five years ago in terms of like what you're eating and what you're not eating and what you're drinking and what you're not drinking, or you feel like it's 
I mean, you know, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, I feel like, and interestingly, like I just did this like very, very full workout workup with a new physician who is going through what literally does like a nutrient evaluation, goes through every single like mm-hmm. nutritional pathway, like, and tells you, you have to give like stuff. eight pints of blood to do this. Eight pints yeah. of blood. Yeah. And you know what? I, and, and two weeks ago, I just made my kids do the same thing. Oh my God. Because I'm just like, I want to figure out exactly what it is. Like, I'm just like, yeah. what are we missing? What do we need? Like, I just don't want to like throw a bunch of supplements in that I don't know, you know, because mm-hmm. that's another problem with this industry too, right? It's sort of like, people are just like, oh, just take this and just take that and just take this. But you actually don't know what's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. So taking this next step and doing a functional medicine doctor where they can actually tell you exactly what you're missing and exactly mm-hmm. what you need, that's been a game changer. So in terms of my diet changing, yes, it has changed actually really recently because I just realized that I have food allergies mm. <laughs> that I didn't have well, before. But I remember you and I also bonded way back in the day. We were like gluten girl. Like we yeah. were both, you know, and that was, this is a long time ago where it wasn't quite as easy as it is now to avoid yeah. gluten and still have actually like real whole food as opposed to just weird substitutes. I'm interested yeah. to hear about that because I actually am not nearly as sensitive to it as I once was. I have theories as to why that's the case. But what about you? What have mm-hmm. you, what are you changing? Yeah. Well, so apparently, and this is funny because like I eat, I, we love eggs at my house. We go through like two cartons a week. Like it's a lot, you know, I mean, there's five of us, but you know, and so I am apparently allergic to eggs oh, no. and my doctor was like, stop <laughs> all eggs, 100%. And I have it. So, and I have an IgG uh, reaction, which is a delayed reaction. So it causing more inflammation, causing bloating, but I didn't really, I noticed bloating, but I was just like, well, it can't be eggs. I've been eating eggs my whole life, right? Yeah. But who knows? Like I, I have also been having leaky gut, which is an issue um, and we don't know yeah, hot issue, which I don't know. And we, we, nobody really knows, right? It's like, is it the fact that I've been allergic to eggs for a long time and been eating eggs that that's caused the leaky gut? Or is it that I had leaky gut and then caused me to be allergic? To it? So it's like, well, we don't know. It's the chicken or the egg, actually, uh-uh. <laughs> um, in, this, <laughs> in this situation. So, um, so I've cut that out. And I've actually felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. like a lot better. And I haven't, I wasn't feeling terrible. I actually felt yeah. like I, you know, I'm a nutritionist. I'm like, I know how to eat well, yeah. but no, it's, there's one, thing of knowing how to eat well. And then there's another thing of like that extra layer of really, really knowing from your blood, you know, and genetic testing, all that. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's so much you hear about what you can eat and what you should eat, but then no, what actually totally is completely different. Well, so this is an interesting segue because I, I wanted to talk about this stuff with you anyway, and I feel like this is a good place to to turn the page a little bit, but just talking about your experiences going to your doctor and asking the questions and, you know, you haven't necessarily been feeling bad, but you've been going because you're interested and curious to learn more about, you know, what's going on with your system. And Mm -hmm. this brings up this whole topic. I touched on it a little bit with a podcast that, uh, by now, by the time this one airs, the last one will have aired, uh, where I interviewed B Dixon, Beatrice Dixon, who is the co-founder or founder, sorry, of the Honeypot Co., uh, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a women's kind of intimate wellness company. Um, but her Mm -hmm. experience with the medical system as a black woman in the last, you know, 15, 20 years has really informed and, and motivated her to create this product. This was specifically for a vaginal issue that she created this whole line of absolutely incredible products. But this, the, it started because she felt like she wasn't being taken seriously being taken seriously by doctors. She came in with Mm -hmm. what she had determined. This is like a very specific symptom of a very specific 
you know, um, condition. And she was kind of told time and again, that's, you know, that's not what you have. You're fine. Sort of sent away, not taken seriously at all. And I mean, I've heard her speak now. I had the interview with her and it's almost like that zeitgeist where as soon as this topic was sort of in front of me, I can't stop seeing it everywhere, including even yesterday, I sent you some literature on some stuff that I had just read about this topic having to do with medical gaslighting. And it's actually even more specific to women of color, but it's happened to many, many, many women who are literally treated as though their pain is not as serious as men. There are statistical studies now showing that women's pain is not taken the same way and then Mm -hmm. amp it up with a racial bias. I'm very curious to know if you have had any of these types of experiences or where where you kind of sit with all of this. You know, that's so funny because when you sent me those articles yesterday, it, it, it triggered in a good way ish something that I had, had sort of suppressed. Interesting. Um, well, for like eight years, essentially, but the birth of my son was exactly that. It was exactly that. It was like, I, I was not being, I was in Miami and Miami's gonna, you know, how it is, but, um, you know, the healthcare there is not amazing. I think that there's also an added layer of the fact that I was V-backing. So like I had had a C-section with my first one and then I wanted to go natural for the second one. Um, I was a good candidate for it. My doctor and I, you know, knew all the risks and all that stuff. And I'm like, I can do this. Um, And I was in a lot of pain. I mean, I think it was just, you know, probably the normal amount. And I have a very high tolerance for pain. But Mm -hmm. I, I, when I, when I went to the, you know, I, I had a doula with me and everything. And I, when I went, we actually got to the hospital, I was eight centimeters dilated already. So it was like almost go time. And they, they would not triage me. They would not put me in a room. They, they just refused to put me in a, in a space where they could check me or anything. And it wasn't because it was like super busy and there were like people popping out babies everywhere. It was like me and like one other person, the nurses were there. They're like, ma'am, you cannot be that loud here. And I'm like, I am eight centimeters dilated and you have me in a hallway. That they loud? Let, That's what they that said? Loud. Yes, oh my it can't God. be that loud. They wouldn't let my husband in. They wouldn't let my doula in. They were, I don't know what was going on, honestly. And then I, it's interesting because, and this kind of ties back to psychedelics in a sense, because I, I, I felt like a lot of this kind of racial trauma I've been dealing with through psychedelics. Hmm. Um, and that's something that came up for, for me in one of my journeys is that I hadn't dealt with the trauma of feeling, of feeling just so marginalized. Like, yeah. Marginalized, treated poorly. You know, I, I try not to, I think as a woman of color, I, I try not to see everything as a race issue. Mm-hmm. I always give the, you know, I, I really try to give the benefit of the doubt and I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, maybe that person was in a bad mood or maybe, you know, you know I, I don't say, Oh, they're looking at me like that because I'm black. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I really do try to give, I don't, I don't believe that people are, I don't just believe that like everyone's just racist. Like that's just like, not, you know, that's not the way that I, I think because I, I like to think that people have just basic humanity. Mm. Um, but what came up for me is, is that specific thing is I'm less like, actually, no, that, that was an issue with race there. And it was an issue, an issue with just medically race. <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was very, it was traumatizing. And I, and I really did not process this until like the last eight months or so. Yeah. No, I think it is something that I think because we have been kind of culturally conditioned to just absorb it, 
And I'm not throwing around in the same way that you don't want to assume everybody's racist. I am not, I don't assume that everything has to do with the patriarchy. Like I don't, I use that Mm -hmm. word very carefully because it does, it is loaded. And I think that you have to use it carefully or it also loses all meaning. But I feel like we have been conditioned to suck it up and power through and deal with more. I mean, it's kind of the old age old joke, but if if men had periods instead of women, the world would look yeah. very, very different in terms of yes. paid time off and all of that. Yes. Um, but but it's fascinating to me that, and I've had this conversation with so many people who feel like, oh, that's not something that happened to me. And then you read one article that just like you, that triggers something, it triggers a memory or whatever. And you're like, holy shit, that completely happened to me in a really, really big way. Yeah. And it's upsetting. And some reading, you know, digging through some of this research. And first of all, I thought it was fascinating. One point that was highlighted, which I never considered before. And now I'm like, I will always consider this, that most, that medications in general, uh, the dosage for men and women is the same, which makes zero sense because women metabolize zero things sense. very differently. More often zero than not, sense. women are, you know, their body composition is much less than men. So the fact that we get prescribed across the board almost all yeah. the time meds that were supposed to be the same dosage, whether you're a 300 pound man or a 110 pound woman, yeah. that's crazy. Makes um, no sense. Yeah. Also, another thing that I learned that was kind of sad to not really know about, maybe you knew about this, but um, did you know that Biden and Harris, uh, last year, they called April 11th to 17th Black Maternal Health Week? Did you know that? No. There was no, a whole I had week. No idea. There was a whole week dedicated no. to Black maternal health, and I would think that you and I and people that are yes. generally paying attention to what's happening in the world of health news might Wouldn't have know been aware about of this. It. No, did not know that. I so mean, it, it, it didn't come up on Alexa even. Like my Alexa, like tells me stuff, and it didn't. Does come she up. tell you what week it is? <laughs> she, she like tells me everything. She's like, I'm just like, oh. What? But I will get notices about like, oh, it's like National Dog Day or whatever. I'm right. like, so National Dog Day trumps Black Maternal Health Week? Like, apparently. apparently. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So Kamala is actually out there. She's making some efforts. She is speaking up, apparently not loudly enough, because this was actually an article from last year, which means that there might have been two Black Maternal Health Weeks since then. Okay. I did not cross my radar or Alexa's, no apparently. Yes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of it's disappointing, it's upsetting, it's mind-blowing, it's all of those things. I was hoping by the time I kind of got through a lot of what I'm reading that there might be some really tactical things that you can suggest for people. And so far, it doesn't really seem that that's the case. It seems like the best advice or sort of resource that people are being offered right now is you have to be your own advocate, you have to speak up, you yeah. have to take notes. And if you don't, I mean, I have to say when I was in the hospital, when my like stomach exploded 10 years ago, whenever that was eight years ago, and Brian was at the hospital with me, he was the one taking notes because I was under so many meds that I had no idea what these doctors were telling me most of the time. I feel like Mm -hmm. no one talks about that. No one talks about the fact that if you are in the hospital, most likely you're on some heavy medications and you Mm -hmm. should have somebody in the room with you taking notes of what the doctor says or put record on your phone, take a voice note. Everybody's got a record button on their phone. Take That's what I was going to say. There's got to be some way to just record it. Yeah. You have to have this information. They are telling you so, so, so much that is going to help you in some way after you're out. 
that you have no way of remembering that while you are under the influence of these crazy, you know, opiates that they give you for pain. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think not enough people get a second opinion, depending on what you're talking oh. about. But yeah, yeah, you don't and, have you know, to take I, your doctor's advice. You really don't. And I mean, <laughs> the the interesting thing about this too is that I think the more and more I get deeper into just discovering, you know, myself, and now I told you I'm doing, you know, my kids and doing all this blood work and everything. The more I realize how, like, this is just this is the direction that medicine needs to be going. It needs to be able to have like good individualized care. The issue is cost, right? Mm -hmm. Like the issue right now is cost. Insurance companies are a racket. It's a mess. I mean, both of my parents are physicians, right? So I've always felt generally supported in terms, like in terms of like, if I do have to go, you know, to the hospital and have meds or whatever, like either my parents are like on the phone with the doctor or like they're with me or something, you know, so I've always had that. Lucky in that way. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I mean, even now if something's going on with the kids, I'm like FaceTime mumsy, FaceTime pop, like, let's see what's going on. So I do have like that extra that, you know, and I, and I will take their opinion and also take their pediatricians or my doctors or whatever also. Um, So I do have that extra layer and I've been very lucky my whole life to have that, but it makes me feel really badly for people a, who don't have that. B, a lot of people I think are, they get uh, white white coat syndrome a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like they go into a doctor and they're like, okay, it's like somebody of authority, somebody that knows more, somebody that's going to help me figure this out, but I'm kind of freaked out. And then when you're in stress response, you can't really absorb also, right? So even if, even if you're not on pain, pain meds, like you're just kind of like stressed out, like, what are they going to tell me? What am I going to do? Right. And then the third thing I think is, is cost, right? When you want to get that deeper care level to really understand what's going on, it's prohibitive. The cost is prohibitive. It is yeah. true. You know, it is the medical uh, system is failing us in that way. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just not working. The amount of time that you have when you go to your regular doctor, I think it's like they do like 10 or 15 minute increments. I mean, it's like nothing, <laughs> you know? I mean, you can barely get the words out by the time they come. You're just sort of like, uh, I, I've got 10 minutes. I don't know. I've got this problem and this problem, you know, I know it's just, it's not globalized care, right? Globalized for like holistic care. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it is, it's a huge problem. And I think that again, all we can do right now, obviously there are people out there that are lobbying for systemic change and those those platforms, those voices need the attention, need the support. If Kamala is doing this on Black Maternal Health Week, then I would like to know that <laughs> there's yes. kind of a groundswell beneath her. Um, but in the meantime, it is, it's it's just what you said, that white coat syndrome where the mindset once was, you go to the doctor and they're the expert. So whatever it is that they're telling you is what you are supposed to know and, and accept about your own mm-hmm. body. I think the reverse is true. I think that you have to go to the doctor. You are the expert. You have to yeah. go not with prepared to take notes because they're going to give you all these answers, but mm-hmm. prepared to take notes because you have all of the questions and you are the right. one that says, here's how I'm feeling about whatever it is. And this does not feel normal for me because I have all the data that shows you that Every single day of the last three months, I didn't feel X. And now today or this week, I feel it. And that's why I'm here. And Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, you have to just, it's like, I I sound like a broken record because I say it all the time, but you have to go in being your own expert and then have them agree or disagree or give you more information that you know what to do with. And then yes, go ask somebody else. Yeah. But again, you know, so I mean, yeah, it's it's costly and it's time consuming. Yeah, it is. I will say um, what you said. I want to touch on what you said about having a note. I started doing that 
with my physicians is that I just have like a note of like all the things I want to talk about because I know that I'm on a time crunch, right? Because I'm just like, they got 10 minutes for me. I'm going to forget. Exactly. There's, it's a new environment, whatever it is. And I'm not afraid of doctors at all, but like, you know, I go through to have all my notes. I mean, I, I, and I think a lot of mothers actually might do this already for their kids, like to be an advocate for their children. And I do that for my children, but not enough mothers kind of take care of themselves in that way too. So I think it's important just like have an iPhone, Apple note, like doctor questions, and then just keep going. And then I think two other things that I want to say, and I've heard this, I think one from my mom, one from somebody else. The one my my mom said is, you should never feel your body. And I never thought about it that way, but she's like, you should never feel it. Like Hmm. you should never feel like if, if, you know, your wrist is bothering you or something like that, like that's not right. If you're, if you're feeling normal and healthy, like you don't feel it, you don't feel your body. Once you feel something, you have to assess, right? And then that assessment period should be about two weeks where you're just like, okay, like something's a little off with my wrist, you know, two weeks later, if it's still off, probably should get it checked out. Yeah. Probably should figure out, figure out, or at least start making your plan, right? Taking your notes, you know, figuring out like, well, when did it start? You know, like what, what, when does it bother me the most? You know, like what's the doctor that I'm going to go to for this specific thing, right? I think that that's important. I think that also seeing a specialist is typically important too. I mean, just going to kind of like your GP for more than just a well visit, I think is, is detrimental. (laughs) They just don't have enough information. No, they don't have enough information. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough expertise in whatever it is that you're about to ask them. And I mean, it really is, it's the, it's the sort of like intersection of time and money. That's not why Mm -hmm. they're there. Um, using specialists, utilizing specialists is, is absolutely critical. Again, it comes down to affordability and what kind of access you have, but there are, there are workarounds. There are different types, especially now there are new types of telemedicine organizations. I'm actually joining one, which I'm super excited about this one called TIA, which is Mm -hmm. gynecology and um, primary care. And it's a membership, but it's $15 a month. And they accept my insurance. It's a very different thing. Like I've done a lot of these membership things. This is a completely yeah. different thing. They do okay. telemedicine. They have satellite offices right now. They're all, and this is like not an ad for Tia, but it's just, I just had a conversation with them this week. And I'm like, oh, you guys mm-hmm. actually are doing great things and maybe not explaining it well. Cause I've been a member for eight months and I didn't know that any of this was available to me until oh, today. Interesting. Okay. Um, anyway, the, the point is there are ways to kind of get a different perspective or a different entry point to accessing specialists and all of that. So Hmm. I'd be interested in that information. Yeah. Right now that organization in particular is only in, I think they're New York tri-state area and maybe, but they are expanding. I know I have to look and I'll put it like in show notes or whatever, but Mm-hmm. Anyway, I know that you have to run soon, so um, I won't take up any more of your time. But I do like I these little wrap sessions because I feel like <laughs> feel like I'm feel like I'm talking to myself in some ways, which you know, right? Doesn't enjoy getting their own audience reflected back to them. <laughs> <laughs> for but sure. thanks for your input. Thanks for um, chiming in on this stuff, and uh, yeah do it again sometime soon. We can talk yeah, about some absolutely. of the other stuff that we've touched on here because I want to know more about how your psychedelic journey is informing your physical wellness. Yeah, for sure. There's so much to go into on that topic too. So we should plan another one. Let's okay. do it. We'll do All that. right. All right. Girl. Okay. Take care. Talk soon. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.